I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Welcome to Mental Health Perspectives with your host, Dr. John Huber and Ms. Kristen Sonata-Walker. Learn more about Dr. Huber by going to his website at mainstreammentalhealth.org. And you can learn more about Ms. Kristen Sonata-Walker by going to her website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. Dr. Huber, Ms. Walker, welcome to the program. Hope you're both doing unbelievable today. <laughs> Thank we you are. for having us. Well, good, because I think we need to have a positive, upbeat attitude, because there's a new trend. First, it was eating Tide Pods, and now young adults and the millennial generation have come together and coalesced on a new idea, which is to jump out of a moving car and dance. And the police nationwide are warning people to stop doing it, because apparently there's this song called In My Feelings, and it's the In My Feelings Challenge where people will jump out of a moving car and just start dancing. And the person who's filming them happens to be the passenger car. So, surprisingly, a number of injuries are taking place and a lot of catastrophes are starting to happen. We'd like to start with you, Dr. Huber. Why is it that we see these cutting-edge trends of, shall we say, lack of critical thinking continually to happen throughout our great nation? Well, I think, unfortunately, what's happening is we're becoming a, a society that is so enmeshed in this artificial socialization, the social media, and we want to be part of it. We want to be part of society, and we're becoming these sheep, and we see an opportunity for us to be part of the group, and especially, I mean, the videos I watched, the majority of them who did things very uh, let's just say in an unsafe manner, were the younger generation, say under 25. Now, there there were other people, you know, Will Smith did one. It was really cool. He's up on the roof of his house. Now I'm waiting for people to start sliding off their roofs and stuff like that, doing this dance. Uh-huh. But, but uh, you know, they're doing things without thinking, without being in, you know, having some kind of insight in the situation that jumping out, on an active street of your car while you're driving it, your car's no longer being controlled, 
and you stepping out and in some cases into oncoming traffic. I watched the videos. I saw at least three people get hit by oncoming cars. Uh, I feel sorry for the oncoming cars because you don't expect the driver of a car coming at you to jump out in front of you. Uh, it's, it's people thinking w that they want to be somehow famous and part of the group, and it's a very dangerous situation. In fact, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people who got hit by these cars uh, don't turn around and, and go after the, the sing original singer and say, uh, challenging people to do this was a dumb idea. Pay us money. <laughs> Right. Oh my gosh. How do you, Miss Walker? What are, I what think, are your thoughts? I mean, of all the trends, yeah. How about like a trend where, you know, we sit down and we study. Let's see who can study for the most hours. Let's see who can, you know, be polite for the most days in a row. Now let's jump out of a moving car. I don't know. I just think it's it's sad. There's that wonderful saying about uh, from Jim Carrey, who I, I'm going to butcher it, but he said something in a in a commencement speech about I wish everybody could get super rich, super famous, and be able to buy all the things they ever wanted to buy and have all these strangers just love, love, love them and not really know who they are and find out that it's just not, that's not where it's at. And I think Dr. Huber's right. It's just such a need to, it's, it's like our days um, back in the day when we walked a mile to school and didn't have cell phones, um, you know, we, we wanted to be part of the group and we wanted, but that was the click. It, it wasn't the World Wide Web. So we just have the same stuff going on except at this massive scale. And it's not, it's not even okay or enough to be part of the click anymore. The click is just, you know, the clip is expanded, and we've got to do crazier things to um, pay, get attention and be seen, and um, hurt. And those things hurt you and hurt other people. I can't imagine driving and having somebody do that in front of me. Uh, I'd, I'd be feeling my feelings, and they're called anger and, and rage. Get in your car and stop doing this nonsense. <laughs> Get in your car. I have this strange urge to get a snack <laughs> and go for a walk outside my car. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> exactly. Good God. Well, I guess when people in America are not jumping out of cars to dance, they are moving into another part of fear, and that happens to come with Discovery Channel's annual event called Shark Week. And we are bombarded for a week about sharks and it really comes down to is why are we afraid of sharks and should you be afraid to go in the water? In the summer of 1975, a film came out called Jaws. got people very scared. I myself was terrified of sharks. I couldn't even go in my pool when I was a kid because I was so afraid. And you might find it surprising, but the fact that, despite the fact that everyone thinks that the John Williams song is going to play dun, 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 every time they go in the water, your chances of getting attacked by a shark are 1 in 12 million, and your chances of dying if you are attacked are 1 in 4 million. So despite these unprecedented odds of you not dying in a shark attack, why are so many people paralyzed with fear? And we'll start with you, Miss Walker. Well, I love this because we talked about this on one of the shows that Dr. Huber, you and I both go on, which is America Trends with Amy Fuller. Yeah. And my favorite thing in the world is to make the production crew laugh 
while we're doing mm-hmm. a live show so that, you know, everyone can hear them. And I said, you know, that movie Jaws <laughs> terrified me for years. I mean, I remember being in a lake, Big Bear Lake in California, and my water skis were touching under the water. And I was like, <gasps> it's a shark. And people are screaming, you're in a lake. So it's it, it, it taps into it did nothing good for sharks. I mean, they're relatively peaceful animals, or you know, or whatever they are, fish. But they're, you know, it didn't do any good for them, and it it didn't it tapped into our you know fear of bugs, fear of that kind of tangible um, irrational fear that that can come over any of us, and. Um, yeah, it makes for good entertainment, but it isn't fair to the poor animal, and it isn't fair to us either. So I don't know, Dr. Huber, you'd have to answer the, what the psychology is behind, you know, being afraid of a bug that's not certainly not going to hurt you, and then also being afraid of a shark that you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning before one's actually going to come after you. Right, and, you know, this is the week, actually, to go go swimming in the ocean because all the sharks are busy doing their TV interviews. So just, you know, <laughs> a thought, you know, you got a few days left. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, one in 12 million of being attacked, one in four million if you're attacked of dying from it. When you realize at that same ocean, one in you have a one in – 134 chance of drowning at the beach. Forget about sharks. You know, a, a rogue wave hits you and knocks you over. And, you know, why are we more afraid of this other thing? Well, first of all, we have this innate fear of dying from something gruesome. We, we all, none of us mm-hmm. fear of falling asleep and dying in our sleep. We fear <laughs> the, 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 the shark or Godzilla stepping on us, whatever it is. And what what tends to happen is there's this way we think, and if you if you understand, for example, how uh, antivirus programs work, they use different heuristics to identify this as a virus or not. Our memory and our our brain uses those same kind of patterns to help us think and process stuff. And one of them is called the availability heuristic. And if you see Shark Week all week and they advertise for it four, four weeks into it, you know, before they actually show it, and then you see all the reruns of Jaws and, you know, Mega Shark and everything else that's going on, in our mind, that shark is available for us to fear. And then we go jump in the ocean and, you know, our water skis bump up against each other and the available heuristic, the available cause for that is the shark because that is the most prominent, most recent traumatic mm. event that you came from the, from the ocean. So a lot of it has to do with good marketing, getting people to watch Shark Week, get people to watch Jaws, uh, you know, and, and nobody ever said Spielberg was not good at marketing. So, you know, when you, right. <laughs> he is the master at that. I mean, look at the billions hundreds of billions he's made for other people and everybody included with all the movies he's made, but the billions for himself, he knows what he's doing. And he put that heuristic in our brain, that availability heuristic, and it just blew up. And we all are traumatized by it. And it was a natural process he just capitalized on. Wow. 
I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. You know, I'm curious. I'm wondering if the sharks look at human beings like McDonald's, we're fast food, and if there are other shark psychologists, say don't eat the humans. They're just this. They're, they're high in saturated fat. High in don't eat them. Don't go near them. Well, I thought they'd be looking for the ones on Xanax. That's just me. I mean, right. Right. They don't like how we taste, though. That's the thing. I mean, a friend of mine, we surfed all the time in Huntington Beach, California, and he got bit uh, by a shark. And, you know, it it bit him. It it grabbed on, and and it shook a little bit, and then it let go. Like, ugh, this guy is nasty and took off. They they don't really like how we taste. They they don't. In fact, they really like a super high fat content, like a walrus or a seal that has three or four inches of thick fat that's right. high calorie, that's nutritional well, for them, that. allows them. Yeah. But. Well, oh, <laughs> you didn't say that. Okay, what else, Bob? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we're going to we're talk about one more topic. A lot of times in our culture, we see people that. Are t- you know, they're acting with less honor. Maybe they're, they're not being aware of how their actions are affecting other people. And what I'd like to ask you both is what are two things a person can do to modify their behavior in order for them to be more respectful of their fellow human being and in the process of being more respectful of the human being, be more respectful for themselves? What are two qualities that a person should adapt in order to be a better person, you know, mentally, uh, mentally more caring, concerning person. We'll start with you, Dr. Huber. <laughs> you know, you said that, and, and I was flashback to a court case I was involved with several years ago, and the opposing uh, person on the other side uh, got rid of his attorney, and so he walks into court by himself, and we're standing over on our side, and, and the judge asks him, where's your attorney? He goes, well, Your Honor, you know, I... I Really, if I can approach the bench, I can solve this whole situation right now. And the judge is like, well, I'm interested. So we got called up to the bench so nobody in the gallery could hear what was happening. And the opposing guy, you know, it was a it was a separation between a, a man and a woman. The opposing, the guy looks over at us and goes, well, Your Honor, if she would have just done what I told her, we wouldn't be here today. She needs to do what I tell her to do all the time, and this world will be a much better place. <laughs> and how do you make people happy? Just do what they want. Well, that's what people think makes them happy. But the reality of it is that guy was very controlling and had some issues. And, of course, the judge agreed with him. That solved the whole case. He he sided with the woman and gave her everything she asked for. <laughs> didn't, didn't give him anything. 
and uh, he couldn't understand why he lost so so badly. But um, <laughs> it did help the judge, and it may, I mean, the whole thing lasted five minutes, and it was over. It was like, wow, I didn't make any money on this show. I should have been up on the stand. And never, never. But <laughs> it actually, you know, the guy guy did it for himself. Well, what do we got to do? Well, people want people that are, for the majority, like-minded. They don't want to be around people who are yes people. If they do, they have that narcissistic personality. You don't want to be around them. People want people who are respectful if you disagree. So how are you respectful We disagree? Always make good eye contact. You know, when you're actually having a serious conversation with them, don't be sarcastic. Make sure that you're showing them evidence of, look, I respect your opinion. I don't think it's the correct one. At the same time, when you do agree on things, it's a great point to emphasize how much more often we are alike each other in our thoughts and our belief system, even with people all the way around the world, then we're against them or different in our thoughts about what needs to happen. And it's amazing how we overcome so much adversity because of those two things, right? Absolutely. That's a great question. Great. Walker, what do you Sorry, think? Ryan, go ahead. What do you, no, say, what do you think? What do you think are a couple <laughs> things that a person can do to, to, to act with more integrity and psychologically speaking, you know, to present themselves and to be more, be a better person? Mm, that, oops, sorry about that. I would say, you know, work on waking up. You know, you, you said a great word <laughs> earlier, Dr. Huber, about sheeple, and it's very true. Just, you know, work on waking up. Uh, go to a mental health you know, person, even if you feel like you don't have a mental illness, uh, just because for stressors in your everyday life, go somewhere where you examine your behavior, you examine how you react to things, you, you know, do some excavation into your soul. Um, it's, it's hard work and it'll dump you right out of sheeple land real quick if you actually will dig in and, um, you know, do some work on yourself. I mean, we, we, work on ourselves physically, why don't we take that same attitude and work on ourselves mentally? There's awesome people out there that know a lot of great yes. things. Um, talk to them. Find out what they know. Uh, allow their view of life to challenge your view of life and try it on for a little bit and see how that feels. You know, Then you can make a wise choice about leaving some of it behind because it doesn't fit you and taking some on and kind of opening up your eyes to a bigger perspective. Uh, there's, there's, and also travel, travel around the world, go see how other people live, especially outside of our American bubble. All the stuff that we are told is important. You must be mated. You must have a house with a white picket fence. You must have this. You must have that, you know, in other countries, those things don't even matter. It's a great way to sort of blow your mind on, oh, I, maybe I can come back here and have a complete shift in, in what really matters in life because I've seen this world perspective instead of what's just here. Not that those things aren't, you know, great things. It's just that's not all there is. And, and that, that, I think, seeps you into being someone who can live with more integrity because you've You've allowed yourself to wake up. Well, 
When I talk to my wife, she says the best way that I have a profound positive impact on people's mental health is when I'm quiet. She says, when you're quiet, no one gets upset. No one gets upset when you're quiet. Everyone gets happy. That's not true. They need a break. They need true. to take a break. My wife's from Slovakia, by the way, and I impersonate her all the time. <laughs> I, I even call the dogs. I even call the dogs the name, Zoskaya, and they, they come because they think I'm her. So it's one of those things. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode edition of Mental Health Perspectives. Again, your hosts are Dr. John Huber. You'll learn more about him by going to his website at MainstreamMentalHealth.org and Ms. Kristen Sonata Walker. You'll learn more about her by going to her website at MentalHealthNewsRadio.com. Thank you both for being with us. And we'll see you back here next week. I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. So-